Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And we are so very grateful you could join us. And we will start with our morning prayer. I'm reading from page 14 of Christian Science versus Pantheism. Set your affections on things above. Love one another. Commune at the table of our Lord in one spirit. Worship in spirit and in truth. And if daily adoring, imploring, and living the divine life, truth, love, thou shalt partake of the bread that cometh down from heaven. Drink of the cup of salvation and be baptized in spirit. Mary Baker Eddy. Thank you. Perfect for our subject sacrament. Okay, the watching point. Watch number 40. Watch lest you believe that spiritual progress consists in anything but a spiritualization of thought, of which your acts are an honest expression that your outward life may attest the sincerity of your effort to think right. False theology declares that, regardless of man's thoughts, his acts are the important thing. Science says that unless man's thoughts are changed, no change in his outward life or acts weighs aught in the spiritual scale. Since thought is cause, and acts or effect, it is spiritualization that marks spiritual growth. End quote. Thank you. <clears throat> Comments on that? Well, I love this watch because it speaks to me all the time, all my life, trying to be a good person, a nice person, and, and kept thinking that if I just could be more humanly patient or more whatever that I would be better and be a better person or good and trying to do all what everyone thought they wanted me to do. And, but then in the meantime, I could be angry or frustrated or scared or all kinds of things. And so then it really was meaningless and I didn't know it until I came thank here you. and started to learn. That's, that's great. That's, that's how I was too. Thank you. That's a good, honest admission our thinking has to line up with our doing, but in our doing is what's important. Um, thinking behind it, though, is a spiritual spiritualization of thought. Anyone else? <laughs> That's why if somebody says the words, but their thought isn't right, you feel it. I know I, yeah. I was confused when I was younger, being turned off by people who said that they were Christian or even Christian scientists, but it was the thought that was turning me off, not, not the science, obviously. Thank you. That's an important point, and children do get it easily. They're discerner of what people are thinking, as, as are usually animals as well. <laughs> so, so we all should be that way. We can't be fooled by what people say or even what they do. It's what we feel, what we feel from them. 
I like the emphasis on the spiritualization of thought too, since Mrs. Eddy, uh, part of our endeavor here is to, for the gaining of a change of base in thought, which is essential to live in the science. Thank you, yes. Yes, and, and the purpose of science, I mean, it is to get rid of the sins of the world and it's a spiritualization of mankind. It's, that's what it's about. That's why when sometimes people have trouble getting their healings because it, it requires that you rise up higher, give up all your false beliefs and your, your fears, your hatreds, your negative tendencies. That's truly what lifts you up and, and also brings the healing. It's always been there. It's just been clouded. And does spiritualization of thought mean that you actually change something? Oh, gain what's already there. Thank you. Yeah, it means to see clearly what is already there what God already made and made perfect. And that is why it's the spiritualization of thought that heals, because it's the clearing of vision. We're not changing matter into spirit. <laughs> you couldn't if you tried. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's right. All right, we're just going to take a moment now. Jeremy's going to read, um, what is it, the, the rules we have, uh, the guidelines we have for writing on the forum and the bulletin board, just to remind everyone. Okay. Uh, the forum is dedicated to each week's lesson and may be used to post questions, comments, and constructive replies that strive to uncover the inspired meaning of the text. The bulletin board is for gratitude for Christian science and the church, as well as timely excerpts from the Bible, the works of Mrs. Eddy, and the early workers that help and encourage. We are very grateful for all posts that conform to these guidelines, but will edit or remove anything that the practitioners feel is not in complete accord with pure Christian science or in any way disrespectful of it. We also ask that you keep your postings as concise as possible. Making two short postings of the long posts or send the lengthy ones for publication in our magazine or newsletter. If you quote the Bible, please use the King James Version as this is what Mrs. Eddy used. Thank you. Thank you. Florence, did you want to add anything to that? No, that's really it. Um, really, that's that's about it. Because the longer ones, the longer posts, uh, I'm not able to use them in the in the form highlights. Um, just, the more concise, the better. That's all. Yes, and that's true for the you know for the roundtable too. If they're too long, I, I mean, I it's just too much to try to glean <laughs> anything from them. Um, Sometimes I can get a sentence or a paragraph, but and, and maybe that's okay if you want to write a lot of stuff and maybe put it in two editions. It's fine, and it helped you, and probably will help someone else. But um, yeah, especially for the forum highlights, 
it gets where Florence can't even use them. So, so just be mindful of that. And, and also, again, not to make it too intellectual. Uh, there are a lot of Bible studies, a lot of Bible scholars, a lot of all kinds of things that go on. And, um, but here we want to make it, again, very practical. How have you used it? How has this been made real and meaningful to you? Um, so those are just some guidelines. Anybody else on that? All right, our subject sacrament and Lillian, read the golden text. Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly. Thank you. Yes, this whole lesson really is on this. And, you know, all of you, all of you, as we've talked about, you're all practitioners. You, you're practicing Christian science. And so you need to um, feed the sheep. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, wherever you are, wherever you're located, to do this healing work. Whatever comes into your experience to heal, to bless, this is this lesson is bringing it out, um, isn't it? To be doers of this word and not hearers only. You can't just sit back and let everybody else do it. You must be active in this, everyone. I would just like to mention, too, I was thinking about this because we hear sometimes on our Wednesday meetings, people calling practitioners or getting daily help, that kind of thing. Um, people, most people that get daily help, and there are always exceptions, but they're because they're working. They're really working in this truth and for this cause. It's not like they're calling to get personal help on problems. They're calling because they've got God's work to do. Um, maybe they're in key positions here, and they need to keep their thought alert, active. They need to know what needs to be handled, and that's why they're calling. It's not just because they've got this continual problem for years. <laughs> um, and in doing this, yeah, they do get healing and, and avoid problems from happening. But is this for everyone? No. And there's some, you know, that call two or three or four times a week, and that's good, too. Most of those are, are workers. They're readers. They're proofers. They're people working for the cause who uh, it's not just getting help for their personal problems, but their personal problems are getting, they are getting helped and healed as they do this work. So I wanted to make that clear. Everyone is different. Some people prefer to call only when they have a problem, only occasionally. Everyone, or maybe not at all, everyone is different. So I just wanted to explain that. Florence, did you want to comment on that? Well, and some maybe three times a week. Uh, it depends. It, it's really very individual, I say, because uh, one need, we all have different needs, and um, you call for what you're led to, to find out to help your spiritual growth, I feel. Some call only one time for a question, and that's it. They, you know, they're satisfied, continuing to learn from the from the immense resources on the on the website. Many are are using their website for for their spiritual growth as well. So, 
Um, it, it really depends on the individual. And, and that is always highly important. We give, we give out so much all the time. It's all on the website. For many of you, there's no reason to call a practitioner. There's, it's all there. You can spend hours listening and studying. So, um, but that's the beauty of this church, I think. It's because it, it meets all kinds of needs at whatever point you're at. So, yes. And that's the beauty of Christian science. It meets us where we need where to be are. met. That's oh, yeah. Where we are, wherever and, that is. And, you know, and for people who are fairly new to the science, new to the church, um, they, they come and they get. And that's good because that's the beginning of the spiritualization of thought. But there comes a time in everyone's life when they have to start giving. Uh, and, and many of you are at the are way beyond that point and you're giving a lot um and in that regard remember that you never that you never face a situation no matter how difficult it might seem that you weren't prepared to deal with and that is what mary means and she says, we're all practicing Christian science, and we all are all practitioners. Whatever we meet each day, we have, God equips us to meet whatever we meet, whatever comes to us each day. So never fear that you aren't ready to face the day or anything that might come to you during the day. Yeah, the problem wouldn't be there if the answer wasn't there as well. And sometimes you just have to dig a little deeper to get it. <clears throat> Florence? No, demand and supply one. That's what we read. That's what we learn. It's always there. The answer is there. And God with us. I think that's one thing that she stresses too. God with us all the time. Never to forget God with us. I love that. Emmanuel, God with us. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Eddie says something about making big demands on love. I make the big demands on love. Yes. Yep. And you definitely yeah. have to do that sometimes. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so our golden text, that was a quote from First Peter. And in the forum, Jasmine spoke about Peter as a persevering disciple. Is a solid lesson of perseverance, love, meekness, surrender, acceptance of divine science, truth, love, and life. Peter's spiritual growth, likewise mine and yours, rests upon our dedication to studying, proving, witnessing, and demonstrating Jesus and Mary Baker Eddy's teachings in faith, knowing that as we turn towards the Christ principle, mortal mind will relinquish its claim, not necessarily at full speed, but ultimately as Peter realized, stage by stage. And she, you know, she goes into all the different stages that Peter had to go through, and he never gave up. He was the good soil. He did persevere. And so it is with all of us. It's perseverance. This, this is, we're going to talk about all the ways we live the sacrament on a daily basis. And this is certainly one of them. Um, and again, I love I quoted this a while ago, what I read, where Billy Graham, if he had one, one regret, he was regretful that he 
didn't, you know, that he had mostly converts and not disciples. And so what's the difference? Well, I don't think a convert is willing to go take the oversight of the flock. Yes. Exactly. And it's the disciples who carry on the cause of true Christianity. Yeah, it's one it's one thing just to say, oh, wow, this is great. I found it. But it's another thing to take up the cross and do the work. And this is truly what, you know, my prayer is for this church, this group, this band of people here, that you are all disciples of the Christ doing the work. Um, and as Jesus said, many are called. But few are chosen, which means that few choose to be a true disciple. Yes, because it's up to you. It's a narrow road. It It is. is. It's a narrow road. So filled with blessings. The the good that we get back is tremendous. (laughs) It is. So it is. want anything better. It is. It is the pearl of great price. There's mm-hmm. nothing better. It really makes you look forward to tomorrow's uphill battle. That's how I feel. Bring, exactly. it <laughs> Bring it on. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, because you know it's going to be yeah. great. And that's the great. That's the right attitude. <laughs> so. Just, just keep, just, just keep from being mesmerized. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. And as as Big Dal Young says in this article, day you have one thing to do today, and that is what to know the truth and know the truth. Yes, I love that. So, Nancy, I want you to tell us your story about your hydrangea bush. I love it. I couldn't hear it. I couldn't hear it too often. Oh, gee. <laughs> well, I've had this little bush for maybe five years, and the first three years, it did nothing, hardly even grow. And then the following year, it gave me one little flower, and the next, the same thing, just one flower. I started going out and talking to it. I just appreciated that one flower, and I kept saying how you express God's love and intelligence, and just can't wait to see you bloom And now it has 22 buds on it. (laughs) And most of them are beautiful, big flowers. And the thought came to me yesterday. All that bush had to do was just to be, to radiate God's love. So that's all we have to do is just be God's love. Beautiful, yes. Yes, and she sent me the most beautiful picture, and it'll be in our Liberator. Carol's working busily at our Liberator, which is handling fear. The be Not Afraid is going to be the title of it. But, yes, this beautiful little bush and the color of the hydrangea. Usually they're blues and purples. This is like a magenta oh, pink. They're just beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful color it's beautiful oh it's so rich and brighter every day (laughs) (laughs) and and so remember this lesson you know nancy just loved it and just as she said just to be so you have something that's not growing in your life something that's or maybe something that is growing that shouldn't be or whatever the problem (laughs) might be to pour that love just let it be and 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 pour the love on it and it will heal it. 
can't help but. It's the power, felt ye the power of the word. Reminds me of Bicknell Young talking about Thanksgiving and recognition and the article of finance, how important that is. Yes. Yes. The recognition and your consciousness. So there's nothing that can't be healed. So we pour love on it, whether it's a plant, an animal, a person, a situation, a government. It's love that heals. Now, in this lesson on sacrament, I'm always very sobered by, because it usually has something to do with millennium in it. This week's was also the same, number eight in science and health. If we all, whoever partook of the sacrament had really commemorated the sufferings of Jesus and drunk of his cup, they would have revolutionized the world. If all who seek his commemoration through material symbols will take up the cross, heal the sick, cast out devils, and preach Christ to the poor, to the, to the, or truth, to the poor, the receptive thought. They will bring in the millennium. What is the millennium? Christ. Have universal acceptance of the Christ truth. Heaven on earth. Yes. Yes. In the 1828 dictionary, it says a thousand years. But then it says a word used to denote the a thousand years mentioned in Revelation 20, during which period Satan shall be bound and restrained from seducing man to sin. And Christ shall reign on earth with his saints. Now, is this not the most worthiest of causes to be working for? The last two watches we had mentioned the, the reign of the dragon, our unity watch. And I have, I have certainly felt this going on right now. I mean, I, I guess every generation seems to always appear, but seems very aggressive right now. So here it's talking about Satan, the dragon, shall be bound and restrained from seducing man. I truly feel as we do this work, and I'm going to read other quotes about the millennium that Mrs. Evans gives, Mrs. excuse me, Mrs. Eddie gives us. Healing is going to be so much easier I know many of you have struggled long and hard over things. Even, even in Mrs. Eddy's day, she spoke about how e healing came so easily at first, right? You remember this? Yes. And then she said it became much more difficult. And she had to learn to handle animal magnetism. It's, it's doable and possible, but it is. We've talked about a veil being cast over a veil being cast over science and health so that people think they can't understand it. A general climate of who wants to read the Bible anyway, much less science and health, which I can't understand. And that this, there's too much work involved to do this. It's just, you know, it doesn't heal anymore. All of this, it's a miasma of mortal mind. But you see, 
it, it is it's this dragon telling us seducing us to sin to get involved in materialism so that we would rather spend sunday mornings at a amusement park than at church other things it tells us so who wants to who wants to obey the the 10 commandments i i I don't know. I, I read recently, maybe you all heard about it. it was in, I believe it was the state of Arkansas. They had in a, a state building, they put out the Ten Commandments, okay? Right? A plaque or something. Mm -hmm. So then the atheists, alias Satanists, said, well, if you're going to do that, then we have to put up our thing. I, I saw a picture of their thing. And it, it was so horrific. It had a, you know, it was a, a goat man with a man with these huge horns and looked horrible. And then the worst part of it was on either side of him were a little boy and a little girl. This is like a statue, I guess. And the little boy and the little girl were looking up adoringly at this creature. Now, the, the state... <laughs> legislature whoever they were i mean i think they were so horrified by the whole thing okay we'll take down 10 commandments we won't put anything up but honestly you know we used to say the nerve of some people for this even to go on i i can't emphasize to you enough the work that is being required of us right now and it hasn't stopped. People think, I, and to some degree, you know, the pandemic is over, I guess. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> it seems to go on and on in other forms. It doesn't mean this work is over by any means. It's a work that must be done for the reign of Christ, and it will be well worth the effort. Well and, worth. And it's up to Christian scientists to do the work, right? Because nothing else is up to the task. Okay. And we will either do it and succeed, or we will fail and pay the price. Justified or condemned. Justified or condemned. Alertness to duty. I think she says also, until the last false belief is gone, it's obliterated. Yes. Yeah, we will never be without work to do it. And I have thought too, well, this goes on, you know, every generation has its its error to meet. And and I do believe that to be true. So um all we have to do, all you have to do is be a student of history to understand this and and to see the tendency of people to fall asleep. Um I read last week in Eustace where, where he says, he quotes Mrs. Eddy as saying that ingratitude was the sum total of evil. And it is how we were taught here, you will lose what you are not grateful for. Never forget that little statement. You will lose what you are not grateful for. And it was said last week, Jeremy said, a nation, a child, a husband, a home, a car, whatever, you're not grateful for it. You're not grateful for the source of good where it comes from. 
Grateful for life, truth, and love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Grateful for freedom. This is a, another quote from Mrs. Eddy from the Eustace book, which comes before the quote we had in our Unity Watch the other night. And it's one that I work with often. It's on the bottom numbering of the Eustace book 993. I tell you the truth when I say there is only one source of all good, God. The conscious recognition of the mind not two or three times a day, but every few moments all day long, no matter what the outer self is doing. And this maintained will enable anyone to express his perfect freedom and dominion over all things human. Think of what she's saying. To be constantly grateful and to see the source of all good is coming from God. This will give you dominion over all things human. So the human can no longer rule you. You rule that. You rule it. And then after that, and this was the quote we had in our Unity Watch, this period is the period of the dragon. And the dragon is not met and overcome in the realm of argument. You can't just sit and argue with it because it likes to argue back. But purely in the realm of realization, consecration, and the understanding that evil today produces its chaos of every kind by the illusionary mesmerism that man is God. Discern this clearly and dwell forever in the consciousness that the source of all good is God, never man, and there abide. Carol found that, and it's wonderful. And then in the watch message, what did you say, Carol? That we have to be steadfast. Don't argue, excuse me, don't argue every point. You have to just know the truth and stand on that and don't move, don't give up, don't give in. Uh, And also this thing about men thinking that they are God, doesn't the medical profession want to be obeyed and worshipped? Thank you. And also businessmen, these wealthy businessmen, they make a decision and everybody has to abide by it. No, no. God is the only decision maker. God is the only one we have to abide by. The only one we're going to believe and follow. Thank Just you. God. Yes, she took all those points. That's kind of what I was looking for. Medicine, business, education, all these systems that we have made into gods and worship. Whatever they say, holy Moses, we do. No, we're like Daniel. <laughs> you know, if God didn't say it, we don't do it. We have to be that small group of metaphysical thinkers. This was in the time when they ushered in Christ Jesus. Let us be that small group of wise metaphysical thinkers that can usher in this millennium. Now, she says, Mrs. Eddy says on page 382 of Science and Health concerning the millennium, if half the attention given to hygiene 
were given to the study of Christian science and to the spiritualization of thought, which is what our watching point was about. This alone would usher in the millennium. Wow. Just half. Just half of what we think about. Half. <laughs> <I do. laughs> It also speaks to how we obey, right? We obey all, everything, but then we are tempted with, oh, I don't understand Christian science. And she said, a student said that to her, I'm, I'm ready to obey when I understand. And Mrs. Eddie said, be ready to obey before you understand. So I think we are, when tempted with, oh, I don't know what this means and all that, just be cautious because it's not true either. God will give the understanding. He's our teacher anyway. So He is, and, and we have been taught the understanding comes after the obedience. Many times it does. You don't get it till you obey. You, it says, do not fear. Carol found a wonderful article by Violet Kersimer for, for this coming um, liberator. That says that, you know, the, the command, do not fear, that's no less than do not commit adultery. It's, it's a command. It means don't do it. Okay? <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Don't do it. The article says it's as much a command as do not kill. Yes. It's a commandment. It is a commandment. Now, you can go on and on and say, I, I can't stop. I just have to do it. Well, then you'll just keep doing it. It's a command, and then you never understand. But if you actually stop yourself by knowing a heavenly Father that loves you is telling you you don't have to fear, you'll begin to understand more. It's amazing how it works. I mean, I, you can't even describe it because you have to do it. It's like describing how, how you can swim before you've swum. You know, you've got to just get in there and... <laughs> And realize you'll float and everything's okay. <laughs> but to try to tell somebody, you just got to do it. Do it. And then the understanding comes and it's like Eureka. Obey the commandments. And the lesson this week, it talks about what, what separated Jesus so much from others was his obedience. Jesus taught the way of life by demonstration that we may understand how this divine principle heals the sick, casts out error, and triumphs over death. By his obedience to God, he demonstrated more spiritually than all others the principle of, of being. Hence the force of his admonition, if ye love me, keep my commandments. One of which is do not fear. Yes. <laughs> Also, I think that's what Mr. Seddy beautifully, science, it's a science, right? So in any, we're not going to form our own principles and then go with that, obey the principle here, then it's the scientific way to get your correct answer. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. And we have a lovely community that opposes everyone in the process. You know, I've never had, uh, well, don't, I wouldn't have believed it possible if it wasn't for when you're kind of running low on whatever, come in and feel juiced up with the truth. <laughs> That's very true. That's right. And that community oh. is our church. 
And we gain, you know, strength and inspiration from each other and what's what goes on here as well we should. And we should but we should always be, as Gary said, you've come at first to get, but eventually in order to maintain what you have received, you need to give it back. You need to give in some way, some way. Whether it's a testimony or something. As soon as you start, there's going to be more. <laughs> You're going to yeah. have to do more. Yeah. And, yeah. and don't be afraid. Just keep up. <laughs> keep it up. So now Gary's going to read from questions and answers and miscellany. From uh, miscellany, page 239. Question. Uh, must mankind wait for the ultimate of the millennium? until every man and woman comes into the knowledge of Christ and all are taught of God and see their apparent identity as one man and one woman for God to be represented by his idea or image and likeness. Answer. God is one and his idea, image or likeness, man is one. But God is infinite and so includes all in one. Man is the generic term for men and women. Man, as the idea or image and likeness of the infinite God, is a compound, complex idea or likeness of the infinite one, or one infinite, whose image is the reflection of all that is real and eternal in infinite identity. Gender means a kind Hence, mankind, in other words, a kind of man who is identified by sex, is the material so-called man born of the flesh, and is not the spiritual man created by God, spirit, who made all that was made. The millennium is a state and stage of mental advancement, going on since ever time was. Its impetus, accelerated by the advent of Christian science, is marked and will increase till all men shall know him, divine love, from the least to the greatest. And one God and the brotherhood of man shall be known and acknowledged throughout the earth. There's no question that Mrs. Eddy doesn't answer. And also, you know, the story of Haggai, the shaking of the nations. She's addressing all, all of this business about sex right now, with gender and sex and who you and what you are. She's saying, I mean, ultimately, we're spiritual. It's true about race, all these things that are seeming to divide us and get everybody all confused or upset or whatever. It's all human. It's all human estimation of, of a material man, right? That's what she's saying here. I mean, spiritually, I think we're going to be sexless. I don't think it's going to be <laughs> as we bring in the millennium. And, and you know, we'll just all be radiant, beautiful, and complete masculine and feminine qualities. As so, the angels. As, as the angels. angels, yes. They knew you as you were. They would love you. If yes, that beautiful quote from 
That's from the Eustace article, There is No Death, a wonderful experience. When this, her husband goes to the other side and comes back. They knew you as you really are. They would love you. It's true of everyone, all of us. We're all God's children now. And the less we quarrel about things that are really immaterial, the better off we are. Another, another. well, I, this makes me think of Jesus saying, love your neighbor. You know, that doesn't imply any gender. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Whoever it is, love them. As yourself. Yes, as, as yourself. yourself. Yeah. These poems, one of them includes love as one race and realm and power. And <clears throat> when I came here, I wore, wore many <clears throat> dark-skinned people, and, and, and it just showed me how I believed it, and I wanted to believe it, and that how sweet and good and loving she was and hold the whole world in that picture because that seemed to be the cause of so much conflict thank uh, you craig it's still there in her poems somewhere that doesn't make any sense <laughs> well that's it and 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 we know that only because we understand a little bit of the science without the science it would be an enigma, wouldn't it? It would be a problem without a solution. And and really, what you know, all of this that goes on, what what a terrible waste of time when our time can be spent in just loving each other. Just let's just love each other. No judgment. Just love each other. Just as Nancy loved her hydrangea bush, <laughs> it'll bloom in whatever beautiful color and whatever. It'll just be perfect. But she also saw it as a lesson for herself. Mm-hmm. And, and this is, I think this is an important point. She says, love, love your neighbor as yourself, which means to me, we have to see ourselves correctly. We have to see ourselves as God's spiritual perfect child, as above all this mortal nonsense. Because if we, and we have to see ourselves as being loved by God in perfect love and being given capacity to do what God wants by God so that there's no fear. We have to love ourselves as we love God. And only then can we love our neighbor. Yeah, you can't love your neighbor if you don't love yourself. You don't you know, I've tried doing that, too. You have to be at peace with yourself. You have to forgive your mistakes. You've got to love yourself. You have to love yourself as God made you. Be true to yourself. Speak truly. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. Speak kindly to yourself. You know, some people seem to love others more than they love themselves. So it's it's all, you know, you've got to love yourself and your neighbor. As God, as God loves you. And if you love your neighbor more than yourself, that's a dangerous thing. That is. Because mm-hmm. it's human. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it will turn to crap. It <laughs> doesn't mean anything. No. No. Yeah. So, and, and again, where, where do we learn all these things? They're in the Sermon on the Mount. And 
in that 1910. I've been going over and over that message of 1910. It's so beautiful. There's so many wonderful things she says in there. 1901. Oh, wait, what am I saying? 19, I'm sorry, 1901. Sorry, 1901, excuse me. Um, excuse, including what we also had in the watch that the era won't be, it, it's got to be made extinct and stop practicing it or there will be suffering until that happens. It's extinction on the stop stopping of practicing it. But she says in the message of 1901 that we could read the Sermon on the Mount every Sunday and that would be just fine in church. It's all there. These are the commandments. These are the obedience to God. So spend time. We should spend time with them. Read them. Think about them. List the commandments that Christ Jesus gives us to do. He's telling us to obey all of them. And, and in that, and in, it's certainly in the lesson, it's about um, feed my sheep, right? Feed my sheep. And then heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, freely have received, freely give. This isn't something we take for ourselves. It's something we give back. All of this, all of this, we focus on all of this. We can bring in the millennium. Is that not true? Yes. We should believe, we should have faith in that. Thank you. Yeah, that's right. If you don't believe it, then <laughs> you got to have faith in that. And, and I do believe it's happening. It's coming. Keep at it. The reign, the reign of the dragon will end. And in last, last night's Unity Watch, what, what did it claim that rain was an attack on what? Mrs. Eddy. Mrs. Eddy yeah. and Christian and, science. And her revelation. And her revelation. And we know, you know, that certain governments, communism being one of them, they believe in the power of man. They don't, they, there's no churches. If we have a communist government, goodbye. The power of man, the reign of man. And they recognize as their biggest threat prayer that heals. Yeah. They said it. And in their and, and in their plan book, they specify Christian science mm -hmm. as their biggest threat. Mm -hmm. Which is why they have tried really hard and somewhat succeeded in infiltrating the organization in Boston to destroy it. Suzanne looked up the, um, the YouTube part of the organization, and I must say it was almost horrifying <laughs> what, what's, what's there. I mean, I pray that they're going to change. Right, Suzanne, is she there? Yes. Yeah, um, it, there's, there's not much under the Mother Church um, uh, channel. Um, everything um, is on the Christian Science Lecture channel, but I I think there's a missed opportunity um, because everyone is flocking to YouTube. Um, so it's it's kind of like meant for people already in the organization, I guess. 
Um, and it's just kind of sad. <laughs> well, there's so much to offer. There's so much to give freely to get it out, to, to do this revolutionizing the world. So we focus on that and keep pouring it out freely. And that's why we're very grateful. Many of you have made wonderful donations. And we're so grateful to all of you who donate regularly or, you know, even occasionally, whatever you give, because that's what we run on. Um, we, we, we give it freely on our websites. Yes. And you can feel the spirit. I think that's what's most important is you've got to feel it in your heart and just and that's what Mrs. Evans really pointed out to me. Do you feel it? It's mm -hmm. not exercise in your head. It's in your heart. And I feel like the Plainfield website, you immediately feel all the truths that are pouring forth. It's truly beautiful. And, and, that is because of the thought behind it, the spiritualization of thought, all of your thoughts, all of your gratitude, all how inspired you were when you gave that testimony or wrote whatever you wrote, whatever's put out there, the inspiration behind it. People feel it. It's a magnet. It attracts. On the forum, Parthens, I'm going to read a little bit of what he wrote about the pruning, receiving with meekness the engrafted word. Pruning means subtracting something. Grafting means adding something. James balances pruning with a grafting in the second half of the scripture, encouraging me to embrace not only the loss of something old, pruning, but the gain of something new, grafting. Since meekness means pruning all thought of weakness, lack, or limitation from my life, God grant me grace to tame my undisciplined tendrils, tendrils of thought, that all the branches of my imagination be barren of sense, fruitful of spirit, for thought always passes from God to man, not vice versa. It's quoting science and health. So I just thought that was a beautiful prayer. Um, and we can all feel that in ourselves, that prayer. So I can't believe it's already time to end. So we are going to end. On Wednesday night, um, Florence mentioned an article that Jenny from Australia sent to her, The Holy Shadow, which Carrie from California found. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm grateful to everybody. <laughs> and it's a beautiful story. So Gary's going to end with that. The Holy Shadow. And this is a reprint from the 1892, August 1892, Christian Science Journal, titled The Holy Shadow. Long, long ago, there lived a saint so good that the astonished angels came down from heaven to see how a mortal could be so godly. He simply went about his daily life, diffusing virtue as the star diffuses light, as the flower perfume, without even being aware of it. Two words summed up his day. He gave, he forgave. Yet these words never fell from his lips. They were expressed in his ready smile, in his kindness, forbearance, and charity. 
the angels said to God, O Lord, grant him the gift of miracles. God replied, I consent, ask what he wishes. So they said to the saint, should you like the touch of your hands to heal the sick? No, answered the saint, I would rather God should do that. Should you like to convert guilty souls and bring back wandering hearts to the right path? No, that is the mission of angels. I pray I do not convert. Should you like to become a model of patience, attracting men by the luster of your virtues and thus glorifying God? No, replied the saint. If men should be attracted to me, they would become estranged from God. The Lord has other means of glorifying himself. What do you desire then, cried the angels? What can I wish for, asked the saint, smiling, that God give me his grace. With that, should I not have everything? But the angels insisted, you must ask for a miracle or one will be forced upon you. Very well, said the saint, that I may do a great deal of good without ever knowing it. The angels were greatly perplexed. They took counsel together and resolved upon the following plan. Every time the saint's shadow should fall behind him or at either side, so that he could not see it, it should have the power to cure disease, soothe pain, and comfort sorrow. And so it came to pass. When the saint walked along, his shadow thrown on the ground, on either side or behind him, made arid paths green, caused withered plants to bloom, gave clear water to dried up brooks, fresh color to pale little children, and joy to unhappy mothers. But the saint simply went about his daily life, diffusing virtue as the star diffuses light and the flower perfume without ever being aware of it. And the people, respecting his humility, followed him silently, never speaking to him about his miracles. Little by little, they, they came even to forget his name and called him only the Holy Shadow. So beautiful. So beautiful. That's, that's the meekness that's required, the humility. Walking that with the meek, the majesty of meekness, right? Yeah, the majesty of meekness. Yep. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you.